0: Got 25 to 75 people in your company? Check out KnowYourCompany.com, software that helps companies like Airbnb know their company better.
1: It is the Chicago First podcast on the Dynasty Podcast Network, featuring interviews with Chicago's premier artists and industry and creatives and culture leaders. Hosted by Haima Black, welcome to Chicago.
0: Haima Black, live from Virgin Hotels. We're continuing our night of live broadcast here. And I have Tiffany Walden and Morgan Elise Johnson from the Tribe here with Hi. me tonight. How are hey. you doing? Good. How about you? I'm very well. Good Thank you guys for coming you. up.
2: Thank you so much for having
0: us. Oh my gosh! Of course, of course. <laughs> so, so we should say, uh, Tiffany, you are not a stranger to the podcast. We had you on a panel uh, in the, kind of like towards the end of last year. Yeah. It was a great discussion about how to break into music journalism. Uh, we had Corbin Reef. We had uh, Josh Terry from the Red Eye. Or mm-hmm. I guess R.A.P. the Red Eye. I know it's
2: so terrible. Very heartbreaking. His last day was a couple of days ago. It was. was Yeah.
0: So shout out Josh Terry and all the great work he's done. Uh, We had Lior from the Reader. So, so that was a great panel, and that was the first time you and I had really gotten on the mic together, and um, and that was killer. And then you wrote, I I really have to give you props for this. You wrote (laughs) a really awesome article for Chicago Magazine. About the panel we did in December, the the month following yours, or I think maybe it's two months after, but mm. not long after that, we did a panel with like Austin Vesley, Hugh Brantley, yeah. Andrew Barber, and you wrote this killer piece in Chicago Magazine, and I just literally have to in front of everybody thank you for that
2: <laughs> for sure, thank because you because we're
0: not a we're not like. We've been doing this a long time for the podcast. We don't get a lot of press. And there
2: was no way I can go by without giving y'all a shout-out for that panel. I mean, you had some of City's greats on there. So.
0: Well, you know, I mean, we're very fortunate with the with the panel like and the podcast, just the caliber of people that have agreed to do it, You, both of you included. So I feel very fortunate. And, again, that meant so much to me when you wrote that up for because sure. we do not get a lot of that. So getting that look, it was very appreciated.
2: For sure. Thank you. <laughs> um,
0: so both of you tonight are here to talk about The Tribe. And I'll let you describe that in your own words, but it's really impressive. Uh, Bring us into The Tribe and what it is and what the goals are for the site.
1: Sure. Well, The Tribe is a digital media platform whose mission is to reshape and take ownership of the narrative of black Chicago. Mm -hmm. Um, So we, we see Chicago in a very different light than the way that it is portrayed in mainstream media, and as black Chicagoans, we want to say, "You know, you know this is our story, so we're going to tell it our way and show the city that we know and love." Mm-hmm.
0: So I want to ask, because I, like, I'm way more interested in hearing your answers than I am doing a lot of talking tonight, but it's like the two of you, for example, are going to see a lot of things differently than I would. I'm a male. I'm not African American I'm Hispanic but I don't look Hispanic so I don't really maybe necessarily get a lot of the you know maybe what would come with that if I had you know um. so for you for both of you guys like how do you, I guess how does the Chicago experience differ for you or like what viewpoints did you not see represented that you wanted to bring to people
2: well I think when people think of Chicago it's it's magnificent mile you know it's It's the Bean. Downtown Chicago, yeah, it's the Bean. It's, you know, it's the splashing fountains and things like that (laughs) at the Bean. Um, But, you know, my Chicago was very different from that. I grew up um, on the west side of the city in Mm -hmm. North Lawndale. And, um, you know, sure, there was crime and things that happened in that neighborhood, but that's not what I came out of that neighborhood carrying. You know, we we had block club parties every summer where, you know, there was... um, school supplies that was given out to the kids in the neighborhood to go to school the following um, week or the following uh, year. And then we had, um, you know, there were corner stores. You we went to the corner store to get now and laters and play with cheese and things like that. Um, and I think that that's the Chicago that, when you talk about African Americans, that's not represented, this, this culture that's there, um, but it never gets any shine the way that it should. You know, we contribute so much to the culture in the city, but either someone else appropriates that and calls it theirs or it's just not given any shine at all so definitely want to you know show that you know I'm from this part of the city that's demonized and that's considered uh, a wasteland and here I am I write for all these publications and started my own thing so
0: now does it feel as though some of the conversation has become more positive in recent years now obviously there's a lot of discussion about the violence but at the same time, I feel like more prominent Black Chicagoans have broken through. Whether that's, of course, Chance or like a Hebrew Brantley or
2: Hannibal, Hannibal Burris. Burris. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And Lil Ray, I can, and,
0: yeah, who killed and <laughs> get out. Yeah, I can't believe like blanked on <laughs> Hannibal Burris, but like, but it does feel like there's been some some voices, some talents that have broken through in a really positive way. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like, d-
1: oh well, I feel like Chicago has always had amazing sure. talent, uh, sure. amazing talent breaking through, but. The day-to-day stories that we hear on the news that are really um, saturating the minds of Americans, you know, and people all over the world, is that Chicago is a city of carnage. I mean, the president of the United States Trump. is is referring to our people as carnage, and and the tribe started. Um, when I ended up living in D.C. working on a project and I was introducing myself to people and they were saying, oh, you're from Chicago? How'd you make it out? Chirac, you know? And so I thought, wow, that's the first thing people think of when they think of Chicago these days when we have contributed so much culture to society. Um, So Chicago's almost like a buzzword for everything bad about black America. So that's the narrative that we felt... Very urgently that we needed to address and to change. And
2: it's not just people outside of Chicago too. it's people here. I mean, yeah, like my my mom. Anytime I go anywhere, she's just like, "Be careful! Like, don't do this, don't do that. You know, don't be on the west side this late at night. You know." And and, and it's us too. When when Morgan's in in town, ta- like in the city, and we're trying to go somewhere, and I'm like do I want to go on the west side with Morgan right now like you know I think about those
1: things when we go cover content I'm working on a documentary about gun violence it's a documentary series called Another Life it's featured on the tribe Mm. Um, it's tackling gun violence but through the theme of healing our community and dealing with trauma and grief and depression so I'm from the Burbs like way out in the boonies and she gets worried about me because she's from the west side (laughs) if I'm out filming she's just like okay where are you at like you on the west side you don't know where you're at (laughs) and she will come out and meet with me and and but that's the type of mentality we're trying to address our generation is dealing with PTSD and dealing with trauma like we're too afraid to even go out in neighborhoods where we grew up that you know she's afraid as my friend to see me outside by myself so there has we have to open up these dialogues about about mental health
0: right Mm -hmm. well and there's a very human cost to the killings and the mur- I mean, which is horrifically sad. Right. And, and I think that that story, the the human toll, right. the the parents, the siblings, the friends, the communities that are left behind in the wake of these things, that doesn't get covered. Right. right. Because it's, for lack of a better word, it's not sexy, but it's sexy to put like a murder count on the yeah, news absolutely. or on a newspaper. Or have the mother
2: or father on there crying or like, right. You know. But mm-hmm. then
0: the narrative ends after 10 seconds or after a couple paragraphs. Mm-hmm. Right. And that, narrative doesn't end for the real people left right. behind
2: and that's what bothers me with uh the national media when they come in you know something big happens it's a high profile case they'll come in they're here for a week maybe mm-hmm. and then they go on about to their regular scheduled programming and yeah they're talking back to about la or, right, right yeah back to trump so it's just like you know but everyone else is still here still reeling from you know this 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 loss that we just experienced and and all the it's even
1: it's even traumatic for families to have to deal with cameras and flashing lights when oh, they're yeah. you know yeah, grieving, that. Yeah. and a lot of them don't take the time to grieve because they automatically have to deal with the media and then they have to deal with um, court cases. Um, one story that I'm telling follows um, Martinez Sutton, the brother the brother of Rakia Boyd who was killed in 2012 by an off-duty police officer. And it's been five years, and he's still dealing with the trauma from that. And And sometimes he can't even look at his phone because he gets so many messages from people reaching out to him, and it's like reliving the trauma over and over again. People wanting to... To make a movie out of it Or you know Things like that And on the one hand He wants the story Of his sister to be told On the other hand He has a hard time Reliving this trauma Every time a little girl Gets killed in Chicago So It's really deep stuff That we have to try to address And we feel like The media so far Has been ineffective At Making impactful stories. Yes, we can make sensational stories, right. but are we making impactful stories?
0: Right. And sensationalism, like that's a good word for it. That's what I meant. Yeah. Like in terms mm-hmm. of just these numbers that get put out there.
1: We're
2: definitely back in like 1910 yellow journalism time of just if it know, bleeds, it bleeds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's so, internet, so it's like if it's clickable.
0: Right. Yeah. No, absolutely, and yeah, and it's, and I think it just sensitizes people. You know, because it's just like a headline on Twitter. It's just Mm -hmm. words on Twitter, you know? Yeah. Like, that's where memes live. And it... Yeah, I think that that very human toll gets lost in that a lot.
2: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: So with the Tribe, you're covering these kind of stories. You're really digging into, I think, a lot of the Chicago that doesn't get told. And And the Tribe only launched, what, a few weeks back?
2: Yeah, February 15th is when we launched. And we started the whole concept... That actually started going into fruition January 1st. And so it's, it went from January 1st to... It was to like an
1: idea of like, we're going to do this in October. Um, and then there was a point where we were both unemployed, kind of. Like we're fr- freelance. Whatever
2: freelancing <laughs> means today. <laughs> Whatever
1: freelance means. I think so everybody's like,
2: freelance. Freelance.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I had already quit my full-time job. So I'm like, all right, we got to make it happen. And we we made it happen yeah. in less and than three months. So. David
2: fell into our... Yes, just world somehow. David is our
1: web developer, mm-hmm. and he helped us create this awesome, yeah. completely just like sleek and fresh looking site that I it's think... A,
0: it's a gorgeous site. Shout out David, who's sitting Shout here on the other David. end of the table. <laughs> we can embarrass him for a minute, but, but it is. It's a great site. It's very responsive. There's like animation on it. Um, it's very like alive. Mm-hmm. So this has been a quick turnaround in terms of producing this. Uh, taking a step back from the actual content of it, in terms of the production side, what were some lessons you learned about turning an idea like this around in such a short amount of time?
1: Man. There are so (laughs) many. I know it's not easy. There are so many. I would say to people like if, when you have an idea to start a business, it's okay to keep working at your job.
2: Yes, that is and, number and one. And <laughs> plan
1: for that business while you're working and not have to be constantly as freelancers looking for paid work while you're trying to build your dream because that's the the hardest thing, balancing, you know, how are we going to eat today Yeah. Like, and how are we going to build a tribe? Rent so. is due today.
2: So it's like, okay, all so, week it's like... I have to pay my rent
1: by the end of the so week. So we have right. to look for work constantly yeah. while also creating content for our own site. So that is the biggest setback so far. So it's, it's you know, not eating, not sleeping for yeah. us right now because we didn't do the work beforehand.
0: Well, yeah. and, and anyone who's been anyone who's been unemployed for any real yeah. amount of time knows this. Looking for work is a full-time job. It yeah, is. It is, too, yes. It's weird because <laughs> it's like... When you tell people, like, oh, I can't come out right now, they're like, well, you don't have a job. And it's like, yeah, that's why I can't come out. You yeah, gotta exactly. find something. <laughs> exactly. That takes a ton of time. <laughs> yes.
2: I get that all the time. And I'm like, well, I'm writing a story. And they're like, "Uh, but you don't, like, you work from home. Everyone's like, oh, you work from home, so you, you got it made. Yeah. No. I'm like, every day, I'm like, how am I going to eat tomorrow? When Ooh, I'm full time, in.
0: I have more time to go out. So yeah. I'm not worried about not, that stuff. You know stuff. you're gonna get paid every two yeah. weeks. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: And exactly. like, yeah. So for the past year, it's been. How am I going to eat tomorrow? What am I going to do?
1: And, and so how can we build a whole company? A whole and also, we're content creators, so mm. we're not entrepreneur. Yeah, that's the know, other thing. We're not attorneys. And so we're doing all of that research and doing it on our own. We don't We don't come from much. I mean, we love our families, but we don't have, you know, an uncle we could go to and say, hey, uncle, can you... Uncle Mr. Attorney, can you look over <laughs> this? <laughs> but I like, would say that you are entrepreneurs have, because you yeah, made this we and made you figured it. that out. We yeah. figured yeah. it out. Yeah, so, we're still
2: figuring it out
0: every you know, day. <laughs> but I, I think that that's, you know, again, like one of these kind of cliches where it's like you figure it out as you go. You get started mm-hmm. and then... Because if you sit around for three years just been like, man, one day I'd like to start a site. One day I'd like yeah. to open a restaurant. One day I'd like to do this. Like, if you don't ever start,
2: <sighs> it's,
0: it's real easy to be like, I
2: started talking about that like ten years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so, we've been we've been talking about doing something together for like eight since college. Nine, we've uh, known yeah. each other
1: since what like eight years now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
2: So we've always known we wanted to, we know we wanted to do something. We just didn't know exactly what it was gonna be. Didn't live in the same place. I was gone for three years. Um, then she talked me into leaving. My job. I was like,
1: come on back to Chicago, girl. And I was co- like, you don't want to work in Orlando. You don't care about Orlando.
2: <laughs> and I was covering breaking news, which you don't think there's a lot of like breaking news happening in Orlando outside of Disney. But it's actually a lot going on okay. down there. And it got really draining. Um, covering crime and things like that. I can't, I can't imagine covering crime here. Like Covering crime in Orlando oh, was man. like insane. I was like... Having nightmares, everything So um, yeah. I just needed to leave that Came back home
1: And plus I think you care about culture yeah. Yeah. So it was, I was just talking to her You know, every year we write our goals mm-hmm. <laughs> for, for each other And for ourselves And I was just like, you know You're, you're covering breaking news That's not what you want to do, let's be real Like you want to write about culture So why don't you move on back to Chicago And write about what you want to write about
0: And, you know, and I'm there so is- proud
1: of her there is so much in Chicago <laughs> to cover right
0: now, both on the positive and negative side. But yeah. there's a lot of, like, really uplifting stories. Like, are there, I mean, I guess on your end, like, what are some of the uplifting stories or, like, maybe some of the more positive messages that you've come across in terms of the, the short time that the tribe's been doing this?
2: Um, well, one of the stories we had on the site was uh, about a guy who started his own fashion line. It's mm-hmm. called Free Breakfast Apparel. Um, And he's kind of tapping into the Black Panther roots of, you know, self-determination and things like that. So a lot of his uh, brand... Um, the t-shirts and everything The hoodies the, it, it caters to the Black Panther Ideology Black empowerment Yeah, yeah. And So that was really powerful To hear how he started He quit his job too He worked in corporate <laughs> He was just like I can't do this anymore It's yeah. brave man It's yeah. people who can do that And walk away It's that's it's brave Yeah it mm-hmm. takes a lot To get to that point Where you're like Putting in your two week notice mm-hmm. um, And so we We did that story on him We did a story on brown girls And that whole journey And brown and girls they're, man they're, Just, yeah, they're just doing, killing they're it They're
1: taking over yeah. They've gotten so much good Press. They have. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. They, they were they were we, in
1: L. And time. R- yeah. Britt Julius did the L yeah. story for them.
0: Yeah. And Britt Julius, we gotta we gotta give it up for Britt Julius, oh, yeah. man. She's who is it. like yeah. just She's writing it. for
2: Esquire and I'm just like <laughs> I love Esquire, so
0: <laughs> Britt is somebody who we've we've been fortunate enough to have her speak on the podcast a few times. She's visited my classes at Columbia, she's been on panels and like and man, she just she's just killing it. Yeah, she is. And every time like I'm scrolling through Twitter and I find like a really well written, in-depth th- think piece or, or like in-depth piece of journalism that's not just a clicky headline. Yeah. So often I'm like, oh, it's by Brit Julius. That makes
1: sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's really good. Another thing that we're working to do is to empower the youth in our city. Yes. Um by um, how can I say this? Like when we create a piece, we want to bring it out into the community. So it's not just about who's reading it on our site. We want to actively engage with our audience. So... For another life, our piece about gun violence. Yeah, it's about trauma, but we're going to bring it to CPS schools, and we're we're inviting Black millennials to come out and and volunteer and facilitate discussions about coping with violence and trauma. And so I feel like when we empower our youth to write and tell their own stories and talk to each other, that'll be a very positive impact on a sad story. Yeah. Well,
0: and it's again one of these like go-to's that like you know students who have. More positive uses of their time, whether it's arts, sports, music, etc. And again, okay. this—I'm not saying anything that nobody doesn't know—but like, it makes a difference. Yeah. So yeah, if you're, you're sure. coming out to students, and I love this idea that you're not just reporting on these things, but you're like actively putting it into action with. Especially students and young young Chicagoans, like that's Mm -hmm. so crucial. Yeah,
2: because there's so many Black millennials who want to be involved with things, but they don't necessarily know how to get involved. And um and through this and through some other like things that we have in mind, like you know, it would be a way to connect them with actual people to you know become active in whatever it is that they want to do. Everyone's not a protester. So it's like if you don't want to protest then you can you know maybe mentor a kid through something or you Yeah, can
1: we hope the tribe will become a space for black millennials to organize. So there's a section called the scene that we're working on building out, connecting people on not only the scene in, tor- in terms of parties and stuff but like right. if you like to organize, like if you like You know, you looking for book clubs or whatever, you know, helping black people find their tribe. That's why we called it the tribe. Mm -hmm.
0: I love that. Yeah. One, I I think that the community, the outreach, those things are crucial. And it helps differentiate because I don't want to say anyone can start a blog, but kind of anyone can start a blog. But putting it into action, going in depth, um, creating narratives that aren't being told, looking at the human angle of these kind of very real stories, like that separates it, Mm -hmm. you know. Absolutely. So now that the tribe is, it's going. You guys have gotten started. Like, what are the goals going forward, or or what's on deck, or where do you see this going?
2: Uh, Going forward, where we're going to do the screenings with another life. Um, It'll be it's a series, Mm -hmm. so um, you know I don't know how many we're doing, but we're just going to keep going until people because people really are interested in hearing those stories as well. Yeah, Um, we're throwing events at M Lounge um, once a month to kind of. It'll fit into the the uh, the theme of whatever our feature stories will be, on the site. So if we're talking about, uh, for example, how to keep the black dollar in the community, then we will have experts come and you know kind of have like a fireside chat type of yeah. atmosphere for people to talk and you know drink a little bit you know but 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 find out in you know ways that they can get involved with you know empowering the community. The biggest thing here in the city is just trying to figure out how to empower. Uh, the community to, you know, we have to be the change that we, that we want, you know, we can't sit on Twitter and talk about things and not to get get out out and and do anything.
1: Yep.
0: Well, and man, it's just, that's so key in terms of like just empowering people. It Mm -hmm. really makes a difference because teaching in Columbia, I see, you know, kind of a different version of it, but like, I see a lot of students who like, their big question is like, how do I blank? Mm -hmm. You know, and it might vary from, like, you know, how do I become a photographer, how do I become a better video producer, etc. But they don't have a lot of the answers, especially at a young age, but they want to learn. Yeah. They want to know how. And so anybody who can go out and, like, help create that message and help empower them, that makes a huge yeah, difference. Yeah, because, like, for
2: me, I, I never knew what journalism really was growing up. Um, my teachers in high school were the ones that was like, you should go into journalism. And I'm like, I don't know what journalism <laughs> is. <laughs> and then I went to a camp because of one of my teachers, um, Mrs. Miller from St. Mel, shouting her out. Yeah. Um, But, you know, after that, I ended up at Medill and still was just like, I have no idea. All these kids here, their parents, like, worked at time or something. Like, my family was trying to get me not to go into journalism so it's just like you know I had no idea what I was doing this whole time this entire journey up until today sometimes I still don't know Morgan's like you know what you're doing I'm like I don't know what I'm doing so it's pep talks
1: every day (laughs) every day she's like people read my story I'm like you're
0: your work is really good yeah
1: let's be real (laughs) you're a great
0: writer who's publishing on on really notable platforms yeah so people are gonna see that (laughs) um it's it's just me. <laughs> so now that both of you have launched the tribe, now that it's active, do you kind of feel like this is the project that both of you were waiting for? Like, this is the platform that you were meant to really pursue?
1: I think so. Absolutely. Was, yeah. Yeah. I feel like she was made for this. Like <laughs> A part of me, I never thought I would be the co-founder of a... Journalism you know, venture I'm a documentary filmmaker So <laughs> we would have talks all the time Where I would just be like My profession is more noble Like I'm a documentarian Like <laughs> yeah, she's, journalists she's are just sensationalists And y'all <laughs> <laughs> report something And y'all don't even research it for real <laughs> So I would get on my high horse And then all of a sudden Like I have a, <laughs> a media site But I Life like comes at you fast I know, <laughs> right? <laughs> But for some reason, when I came back to Chicago this time, I felt so invested in this right. community. I just feel like there's so much going on. There's something in the air. There's just great things happening. And I was like, I want to be a part of it. I want to help. So as a filmmaker, I made a very um, the strong decision to not go to the coast and to stay here. I love that.
0: Yeah. I love it. I mean... Everything you guys are saying, I just I love this so much. I believe in it. Um, I think what you're doing with the tribe is great. Uh, there was an article here I have on my laptop, just <laughs> off screen.
2: <laughs> uh, the <laughs> moment you realize, Kanye. Wait, so wait, so we're like people. There's like we have um, like Hella. Page views from this story right now, like it's been shared on Facebook like four hundred sometimes. Um, I forgot what it's the page kind of views exploding. were. It was like we have like two thousand some page views off of this alone. So
0: the the, the title weekend. is the moment you realize Kanye is in the sunken place. Of course, referencing Get Out. Which Get is Out is just Killer. So
1: we yeah. went to go see Get Out. She saw it first, and then she was like, "You have to see it." So yeah. she went again to watch with me.
2: <laughs> yeah. And
1: walking out of the theater, I was like. Yo, that that was Kanye West's life. And like, I've been telling Morgan this whole time that
2: she should write something. She's just like, I'm not. I'm into like, this I'm not stuff. a writer, I'm like, you my should write. Like, she's really into music. She sings and stuff. So I'm like, you should write something someday, one day. Yeah. And so she finally wrote this It
1: it, it wouldn't leave me alone I was like this was about Kanye Like Jordan Peele looked at Kanye's life And the Kardashians And then scripted Get Out (laughs) So it wouldn't go away So I was like okay I'm just going to sit down and write it And I thought I immediately thought about Kanye's interview With Kris Jenner Where he was like alternative Kanye I don't know who that Kanye was (laughs) Like
0: she's just sitting off mic Just
2: stirring a coffee She was
1: There's actually some clips (laughs) with her With a coffee cup And you know, you know,
2: we had to watch the entire interview, the entire
1: 45 minute interview. (laughs) And I was like, yo, this was when she hypnotized Kanye.
2: Oh man,
1: so, so yeah, go to the tribe, and I. Thoroughly detailed through Kanye's lyrics <laughs> and through gifts, okay? Through his videos. She
2: crafted each one of these gifts. Like, yeah, I see All this. All the imagery
1: of him falling and sinking and him going crazy. Remember when he did his Yeezus tour and he was just snapping off on everybody? Yeah. Like, that was Kanye, the real Kanye trying to break through. What do
0: you, hear, the 45 minute song about how we never should have let MJ <laughs> yes. play for the Wizards? Which. I wish that that was a single on the radio. I wish there was a 45-minute runaway exactly. seg that just played at, like, 5 p.m. in, like, Rush Hour track. I would listen to that. I was sitting there just being like, yes, yes, it's I love crazy. I am a Kanye apologist. I love Kanye West and <laughs> it's challenging too. yeah
2: it's it really, challenging it is really it is. it's like some days you're just like this man has obviously lost his, his mind and then it, other it, days you're just like he's so broken he's like he needs a hug like.
0: and it's like it got harder and harder because for a while you're kind of like I grew up loving the Smashing Pumpkins I can deal with Chicago genius songwriters who have an ego mm-hmm. that's old territory I've yeah. been there but then it gets harder and harder with Kanye. And, like, then the Trump thing, and you're like, oh, I can't really. Yeah, I was like,
1: bro, we were this is rooting hard. for you. We were. It
0: was the. It was her the gift. Tyra yeah, Banks. it was the yeah. Tyra Banks gift. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, I stood,
0: I've told this story before, I stood outside for, uh, this is a true story, I stood outside for 11 hours to get into a my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy oh, show at South by Southwest in an abandoned power plant. He brought it, almost everyone who was on the record except for Nikki and Rihanna. Uh, He brought in a marching band for all the lights. I sobbed. (laughs) I was, it was like the best thing I've ever seen in my life. I love Kanye West. Well, you see the effect
1: that he has here on the city when he came out for a magnificent coloring day. We were covering that event where people were jumping over porta-potties to get to him. Oh, yeah. We were covering it for the
2: reader and she took a break. She came back. I was sitting like, and uh, first yeah. row, whatever. I was a right photog, the- and I was out of yeah. the pit when
1: he came out, and I had and to so then get all to of the sudden pit. So The
2: song came on, and then you looked at the stage, and everybody started rushing I I day, to say, "I had to fight all around, them people to get and in and the you photographer's like pit." Falling from.
1: <laughs> he stadium. has that effect, man. He, he has that effect. But think about what he could do for this city, like if he got his life together. Which is and why everyone is like
2: appreciative of Chance, because it's like you know Chance is doing what we all wanted Kanye to do, right? And Kanye started off doing that to some degree, but then he just he, he lost his way. Yeah. yeah, he got hypnotized. So yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: And I mean, the Chance thing is interesting because it's like Chance is fighting so hard for the city, and my concern is like I don't want. Everyone to place the sole responsibility right. on this because on one twenty three year old mm-hmm. like incredibly talented artist. Right. But it shouldn't just be one no man one man should have all that power. Like it's yeah. not just up to chance. Mm. Right. You know what I mean? Like he can lead the charge, but Nobody should sit back and think like, oh,
2: chance is taking care of it. Chance right. can fix it. And for he us. needs help. I mean, chance he's again, he's twenty three, he can't right. solve the CPS system. It's by, a very large like, problem. For them to go in that meeting and everyone think he's gonna come out with like
0: In an hour he's gonna fix yeah, it. Yeah, I'm like yep. hey, no. <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> like that's not gonna happen. We want it to happen, but right. we can't do that. And it's himself.
0: so admirable and honorable that he is taking on that yeah. role. But, yeah, it's, like, it's something that everybody needs to be yeah. involved in. Yeah, and
1: with. he is shining a light on it because yeah. now right. everybody's reporting on, you know, CPS.
0: No, mm-hmm. I know, and it's, you know, I mean, it's all these things that are obvious. Like, if you shut down schools, if you're, sh- like, closing schools early, if you're not taking care of teachers, et cetera.
2: And there's so many other people involved. My mom is a, a school nurse. Right. So it's, like, sure, you know, the, the kids and stuff are affected, Other staff is affected too If they get out of school early Then they're out of a job Oh yeah it's a
0: ripple Yeah Absolutely
2: So So many people involved in that
0: So the tribe is going There's obviously no shortage of stories That need to be covered in Chicago That I think would really fall into the purview Of what you guys are doing are you looking for contributors, or how can people help with? That is a beautiful question. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so many people are like, "I want to join the tribe," and then we're just like, "You can." Like, right. <laughs> we're we're submission based, um, but we edit the stories. We pride ourselves t- as being content creators, so quality quality and we take original stories like we don't aggregate anything we're not in the you know business of trying to compete with the 24-hour news cycle we're just we just don't even care to try but if you're a black millennial millennial of color and you have a story to tell and you want us to help you craft it we'll do that you just submit it it a lot of
2: it is us like wanting to teach people as well if you're interested in journalism or if you're interested in film you know, we can help guide you to get to whatever level you want to get to as well. So yeah, that's it's what about
1: empowering people to tell their own stories. So yeah.
0: I love that. It's such an admirable goal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what both of you are doing is great. I mean, everybody at this table, you got your team here, um, and I know that it's okay. it's a labor of love. I know that it's not something you guys have a bunch of money pouring into, and you don't have seventy people helping you. So I think it's remarkable that you've been able to launch this strong mm-hmm. with you know uh, like the team that you have, which is not a ton of people. And it's like, mm-hmm. that's admirable.
1: Yeah. Damn. Yeah, that's I'm really cool. We day. couldn't have done it without our team and volunteers just coming in. So many people have come in and just like, we, we support you in everything you do. And they're like throwing resources at us. And, and, and I'm shocked. And, and we day. just, you know, we're meeting with people every week that are just like, we're on board with your mission. How can we help? So mm-hmm. that is how the tribe is going to grow. It's going to be a whole city effort.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, Chicago too, it's like journalism in this city is not free of challenges. Mm-hmm. You know, the red eye just went weekly. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always the, the Save the Reader campaign that, at varying levels, is yeah. like in.
2: It's frightening.
0: Yeah. We freelance yeah. for them. We freelance
1: but, for them. We love the reader. So, right. yes, yeah, yeah. save the reader.
0: And it's like if the red eye scales back, if the reader ever goes away, it's like these stories don't stop. Mattering. Right. It's just that there's less people to tell them. Mm-hmm. So I think it's great that you guys are stepping up and you know offering one more platform like this in a city that really needs it.
1: Yeah, for sure. We Thank think you. it will fill in the gap a little. Oh yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh, this is awesome, and I feel like we could just talk about this all night. And you know, the <laughs> yeah. same thing. Like we need to get you guys. Oh, you know, we've already had you, Tiffany, on a panel, but we'll get you on another panel, both of you, and uh, let's keep the conversation going. Like absolutely. as you have more things going on. And as there are more developments with the tribe, please let me know. For sure, we will. I love it. That's awesome. How can people find it? What's the website?
2: The website is the tribe with two eyes, so that's t h e t r i i b e dot com. We're on social media. We're on uh, Twitter with the tribe at the tribe. We're on Facebook at the tribe. Instagram is a little tricky. That one is at the tribe Chicago.
0: Okay, and two eyes. Two Two eyes. eyes The tribe
2: with two eyes. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yep. Right on. Uh, Tiffany Walden, Morgan Elise Johnson. I love this. The tribe uh, with two eyes. That's the platform. We'll talk more. Thank you both for coming up tonight. Thank you for having us. us. Absolutely.
1: You've been listening to a production of Dynasty Podcast. Find more Dynasty Podcasts at DynastyPodcast.com. For the Dynamic Dynasty, Dynasty Descend.